the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Out of town. You know, it could yeah. be really... Hi, I'm Eric Galindo, Training Director for the FSI Training School. For individuals and businesses, we offer certification courses in CPR and first aid through the American Heart Association. And also the Vehicle Safety Inspector course for the Texas Department of Public Safety. Courses are available every week for your convenience. Call me, Eric, at 210-314-2615. That's 210-314-2615. And now a word from one of our Bible Live sponsors. Our company is so proud and excited to sponsor the Bible Live. As a businessman, I have to make decisions every day about how to best invest time, personnel, and resources for the best return and results. The scriptures say there are two things on earth that will last forever, God's word and the souls of people. It's my hope that you, your family, your church, and perhaps even your business will pray about giving a tax-deductible donation to the Bible Live at this time. Together, let's expand this historic broadcast of the scriptures to other cities across our nation. A sound investment for both time and eternity. You can donate by credit card at the Bible Live website www.thebiblelive.com or mail your check for The Bible Live to P.O. Box 18888. That's P.O. Box 18888, San Antonio, Texas 78218. What makes Rose Cleaners the best in dry cleaning? They do my laundry the way I like it. The wonderful customer service. Personal quality. I have some things I like done with my clothes that I ask for and it's always done. They do good work. I just love Rose Cleaners. Very excellent customer service and uh, they've made me very happy since I've been here. They've got friendly employees when you walk in and um, they haven't lost any of my clothes in 19 years. Rose Cleaners, serving San Antonio for over 20 years. Welcome to the Bible Live Quiz Hour. It's time to test and grow your knowledge of the Bible. Have fun and win valuable prizes and resources for yourself, your family, your church, or favorite ministry. Here's how it works. Listen to the Bible Live Scripture Reading Program. Weeknights at 8. Not a program about the Bible, the Bible itself. Hear a 15 to 20 minute reading each weeknight. The entire Bible every year. Then on Sunday nights at 9, join us here for the Bible Live Quiz Hour. Sophie will ask questions from the past week's Bible Live readings. You call in with the correct answers and you win. It's just that simple. So get out your Bible, put on your thinking cap, and hit that speed dial. Because here's the host of The Bible Live. Your Apache Indian scout through the book of books, Soapy Dollar. On this first Sunday of a brand new year, we thank you for joining us for the Bible Live Quiz Show as we continue our way through 
the Bible, the book of books. We have uh, finished Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, and now we have just uh, moved. We moved over just in time, actually, uh, a week ago or so, more than a week ago, to the first book of the New Testament called the Gospel of Matthew. And we have read, uh, this past week, we've read chapters 10 through 26 of the book of Matthew. So all of our questions tonight will come from this first book of the New Testament, this first of the four gospel books in the New Testament. And uh, Jacob is here with me. Hi, Jacob. How'd the week go? Oh, let's see. You haven't pushed my button, Soapy. Okay, there you go. You can you hear me now, Soapy? I can hear you now. What's so you on? you pushed the button, Soapy? I did. Uh huh. Okay. Can you hear yourself? I, I I well, it's not important that I hear me. It's more important that you hear me. All right. <laughs> well, that's. that's or I, I guess I meant to say it's more important that I hear you. You're good to go. That's no matter how how you measure that. Well, how'd you uh, Christmas, New Year's, all that? Did you get into the New Year all right, or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Any yeah. complications? I, I, our little house got visited by illness again. I don't know. It would be so interesting to know how much illness goes around at the holiday season. From all of these get-togethers and all the family coming and so on, we had a sister-in-law, uh, Suzanne's sister from... From a different mister? No, did you hear that? Yeah, he turned on the fan. Oh, I see. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know... From from uh, our sister-in-law brought from all the way from Austin. A sister from a different mister or a brother from a different mother. There you go. And uh, somehow it um, we just kind of went through the whole family. It, I guess it happens over and over again. We had a great uh, time out at Lackland this morning, but we had four cancellations of our teachers because of uh, the same thing, because of illness going through oh, different families. Thanks, John. I really hear him good now. All right. Well, but I guess it happens a lot this season of the year, so I'm glad to know you didn't get any of that, Jason. Well, I, I'm getting over it, if you might recall. Oh, that's right. I see. Yeah. So you did get something, but it wasn't. It was fairly light, I guess, right? Yeah, if it doesn't affect anybody else, it's only me, it's only light. It's only light. <laughs> if it doesn't kill you, it makes you stronger, as they say, right? All right, well, we are reading the books uh Matthew 10 through 26 chapters, and we read Psalms 142 through 145, so that we will ask you questions from those passages tonight. And then uh, let's get some questions out there for you to answer. This is all about the Bible, folks. This is, this particular program is a chance for you to uh, listen to the entire Bible every year. If you go to our website, thebiblelive.com, or just simply biblelive.com, either one, you can find the Bible readings through the entire Bible, and you'll find the schedule there for each week of the year. And you can listen as well. Just follow that same Bible schedule with us, listening to the Scriptures all the way through a 10 to, uh, 15 to 20-minute reading every day, uh, Monday through Friday. And then on the weekends, you're ready as well to answer these questions that we have. And uh, uh, we'll have a good time in the, in the Bible, just making our way through the Scriptures themselves. So um, here's a question or two, I think, from the Psalms tonight. David wrote Psalm 142. The great King David of the nation of Israel wrote Psalm 142 when he was hiding in caves and fleeing from someone. Who was that someone? And I'll give you a... uh, David was the third... Let me see. Is that right? The third... No, the second. David was the second king of Israel. 
and uh, he was hiding in, in caves and fleeing from the first king of Israel. I guess um, the secession process was not uh, as clear as or as good as they wanted it to be, right? So anyway, he was fly, fleeing and hiding in caves from uh, who? From whom? That's the question. You can give us an answer. The phone number is 340-9585, 340-9585. And this second question from the Psalms, let's go to Psalm... Um, if I, if the reason I'm chuckling is because I just loved your comment, I guess the succession wasn't as clear as it ought to be. Yeah. And I'm sitting here chuckling myself, yeah, I guess God failed to make it clear. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have to talk to him about that someday, right? Uh, you know, that, that's, that, that's funny. That, now that you say that, there are a lot of things I'm still, I know I really trust, and I'm sure God does all things right. But there are some things that really would someday you'd like to know. What do you know? Why, why did you do that? Why did it work out that way? Why did? Um, I'm, still, I'm, I'm curious about how things well, go. Sometimes. The, yeah, the Jews have those kind of questions, like like when Moses is on the mountain, uh-huh. and uh, <clears throat> Moses says to God, "So let me see if I got this right. They get the oil, and we do what? We circumcise what? <laughs> they get the oil, and, and we, we do, do what? we cut off what? Yeah." <laughs> Yeah, well, I guess there are a few. That maybe that's why the Jewish people are known for just question asking. Don't do that, John. That just. <laughs> um, all right. That was my first question. David wrote Psalm 142 while he was hiding in caves and fleeing from whom? That's question number one. You'll find the answer in First uh, Samuel 22 and First uh, Samuel chapter 24. There's an answer there, not in the psalm itself. All right, let's go to another psalm. Let's see. In Psalm 144, Psalm 144, David reminds us that life is short. That's a good reminder for us on the first day of a new year. Life is actually very short. Uh, I I guess it's supposed to be relatively speaking. But he reminds us of that fact by comparing our lifespan to what? David reminds us that life is short by comparing our lifespan to what? And you'll find the answer in Psalm 144, verse 4. Oh. Now, Jacob has some questions for us coming from the Gospel of Matthew. Actually, my first question was, what number was that of the Psalms? (laughs) Right. uh, That was number four. Oh, number four. Okay. Uh All right. Okay. Let's do a couple easy ones up front. What That's good. That's good. I like easy ones. Okay, you're number one. We'll be our first one. <clears throat> when a Jewish village rejected the message about the kingdom of heaven, what did Jesus tell you wrote these questions, I'd like to point out? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> that, is, uh, that is not a compliment, folks. That is a disclaimer. When a Jewish village rejected the message about the kingdom of heaven, what did Jesus tell the disciples to do as they left the village? Answer is in Matthew ten fourteen. All right. Now, now, what's wrong with that question? That nothing. Like nothing. Question. Absolutely nothing. Okay. Okay. Ready for another one? Yes. There's that same chuckle, that same look on his face. Uh, 
Okay. Okay. I would like to ask one that I'm really always interested. I know we've talked about this before. Mm-hmm. I'd like to jump down to your number 18. And that's when Jesus tested my faith by comparing me to a dog. I passed the test, and he healed my daughter. Who am I? Oh, Answer boy. in 15, yeah. 21, 22. I'm surprised I still have that question in here, given the fact that you have corrected me so often on it. And I really buy the correction. I do. I buy into your explanation. It makes perfect sense to me. It makes better sense of the passage than the general perspective that we have. But I keep it in there, and it gives us a chance to say it all over again. Um, yeah, and I, and I, I think it's important to, to at least – and nobody has to agree with me. I always encourage, as we talked about before – People should study the Bible themselves, listen to what their teachers, their pastor, their religion teaches them, and they should accept that. And then listen to you and find out what it really says. Oh, Soapy, oh. You, you got me. <laughs> but, no, uh, then, then listen. Well, and, and listen to your opinion. I put it that way. Yeah, and you I are think an that's expert the best way. Just, in your own opinion. I'm just offering a, like a Luby's opinion. Yeah. You know, you go through at the cafeteria, you take what you want, you leave what you want. All right. Lou, we should call this the Luby's Luby's Bible Quiz. There you go. A buffet here. Okay, yes, give another question. Let's go. That's only okay. two. Let's give a, maybe even a couple of more, if you don't uh, mind. You no, got them? Yeah, no. Can you do it? I can do it. Okay. I would like to talk about, uh, let's see, where am I? I like number 25 myself. 25. I, I was just flipping to that list. Oh, you're not going to believe this. That's been marked. Okay, good, good. Uh, what famous, oh, what famous saying about a camel and a needle was inspired by a rich young ruler who refused to follow Jesus. Answer, Matthew nineteen twenty four. Okay. What famous saying about a camel and a needle was inspired by a rich man who refused to follow Jesus? Give us a call, 340-9585, if you know the answer to any of these questions. Okay, you want one more? Yeah, please. All right. Let's do this, because I would like to have an opportunity to discuss this one a little bit. Okay? Okay. It would be number uh, uh, number 31. Okay. And actually, it goes with 30, but they're, they're so close. 30 says, what were the only scriptures the Sadducees respected? All right. Okay? And, uh, Is that well written? Yes. Okay. But 31 goes with it, which is really the point of the question, I think. What writings did the Pharisees accept on the level as the same of scriptures themselves? Okay. And I would like the opportunity to share. May I share? You may share. How the, I love that. You know, when the word share got into uh, our vocabulary, it seems like it's been a long time now, but it sure is a gentle word, right? What were the only scriptures the Sadducees respected? And we're talking about the two... Two of the major, um, would you call them political or uh, theological kind of religious groupings of the of the era? Um, we're talking about the question 31? 30 and 31. Yeah, okay. Um, what was the, would you call it a theological difference or they were, or, or, you know, the Sadducees and the Pharisees were theological groupings or, or, or were they political groupings? What, uh, uh, they, they certainly had different politics. Okay, but uh, and I don't think anybody could fairly deny that. But at the same time, 
I would like to say here tonight on this channel, uh-huh. we are going to clear up something about the Sadducees. Okay, that's good. That's good. What were the only scriptures the Sadducees respected? And then what writings did the Pharisees accept uh, uh, besides the um, the other scriptures that the Sadducees respected? What were writings did the Pharisees accept on the same level as those scriptures? All right, that's that's uh, for you to get. Now, I'm going to even throw out one more because it's one of my favorite passages here. That it, uh, what I used to call some of my favorite heresies, number thirty six. No, no, no. No, Let me see. Is it 36? Oh, number 37. Uh, What do the talents of silver, and I use the word talents because that's what what it is translated to us from, uh, from the Greek, I suppose. Maybe Jacob can help me with that. What do the talents uh, of silver, these are quantities of silver, represent in the parable, what is called the parable of the talents? What do those? What do these talents? And and I guess what I was trying to say is that it's not talking about talents like you play the piano or the saxophone or you can twiddle your thumbs and and you know do several things at the same time. Abilities. It's not talking ab- abilities. It, a talent was a weight, a measure of silver. Uh, in this particular case, what do the talents of silver represent? In the parable of the talents, what is it that the owner? Uh, the owner of the vineyard is giving to these servants. It's, it says he gives to them a a measure, a talent of silver. To one he gives five, to the other I think uh, three or two, and the other one he gets one uh, measure of silver, and then he leaves them with that, with the admonition to uh, invest and use that money wisely and so on and so on. And he comes back, and one of them has, uh, one of them has not used uh, his gift well uh, and not, not profitably, and the other two have, and so he punishes the one that did not use his uh, talent well. So my question for you is: in that story that he's telling, he's telling it with a meaning behind it, and I'm, my question is: what do the talents? What does that measure of silver that he gave to the um, different? Servants, what what does it mean? What does it represent? All right, I hope I've made that clear to you because, uh, frankly, I think this is one of those parables that is kind of consistently mis misinterpreted uh, in our churches. <coughs> we, we use no gender references, do we? I guess not. What did I say? Well, you said miss. It's not miss, oh. Mrs. or Mister. <laughs> <laughs> there she is, misinterpreted. Uh, there. Uh, anyway, this is one of those parables that is not. I don't, I'm not quite sure it's well explained and clarified uh, in our in our uh, churches normally. So I want to ask you that question: What was, what did the talents symbolize in that story of the of the parable of the talents? All right, there you go. You've got it. You've got the questions at least. So um, give us a call. Three four zero ninety five eighty five. If you know the answer to any of those seven questions, we've got a pretty good number of them out there for you now. Okay, now I was writing that down. Would you repeat that number so I could write it down? Three four zero nine five eight five. Ah, great. Thank you. And if they're dialing long distance, it's eight seven seven six thirty 
5757, just in case somebody's listening via the Internet in some yeah, part of the country. Yeah, but you know, on cell phones these days, you don't have to That's do true. That. You just dial any number with the area code, and it goes there. Yeah, I know, but it just makes me feel good to tell them we'll pick up the cost. You know, it may not be exactly technically true anymore, right? Well, you know, so I, much has changed because of technology. That's amazing. Well, yeah, I, we don't I, have to do I, I want anymore. you to feel good. Yeah, but who knows? Somebody might be trying to call from one of the old-fashioned landlines. Yes. And uh, can, I was watching a movie the other day. Over uh, oh, I know what it was. It was uh, it's a wonderful life. You know, not uh, a great show. Oh it, it, yeah, it's a great one. Jimmy Stewart and all. And uh, to see him dial that old-timey phone with the, I, I, it was just so, so funny. Would it just you like to so, hear my Jimmy Stewart impersonation? No, well, I don't know. Is there any way out of it? <laughs> uh, not really. Can this cup pass right, from Here me? goes. Ready? Yes. Here we go. <laughs> well, that was good. That was that was good. What are you thinking, John? <laughs> Help me out here. How, what is an adequate uh, response to that uh, that Jimmy Stewart um, that wasn't bad. He he was an interesting guy. You know, he's quite a quite a patriot. Actually, the guy left Hollywood. He was a successful actor during World War II and went ahead and signed up and became an enlisted man. Served uh, time in the military during the war. And I, I've I've always appreciated. What was his rank when he finally retired? I don't know. Do you know? I do. Lieutenant? No. One Colonel? star. One star general. Was he really? Uh huh. How about him? Wow. That is impressive. You know, that brings me to another segue. Do you mind if I want to mention something? No, wanted no, to mention I, I wouldn't have you do anything you but a segue. <laughs> and, no, we've just got to, actually, we've only got a minute or so left before our first uh, um, break. But I do want to ask you to do something for me tonight. Uh, we need your help, ladies and gentlemen. If you would like to help us out with our ministry at Lackland uh, with the basic trainees of the of the United States Air Force coming through Lackland, this is, you know, Military City USA. This is the gateway to the Air Force. Uh, we have a chance to minister to the spiritual needs of these young men and women for the nine Sundays that they are involved in basic training. And we have a great, wonderful time. Campus Crusade for Christ was called Crew, Crew Military Ministry, which my wife and I direct. We have a tremendous team of disciples, of, 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 um, um, volunteers who come out and help us as we teach uh, these nine weeks of classes. We see tremendous uh, things happen. In one class this morning, just one class of 63 sitting in the classroom, 27 of them indicated uh, in writing the first-time decision to trust Christ for sa- as for salvation, for to begin their journey, uh, their spiritual journey with the Lord. Uh, 27 out of 63, uh, that's a very, very high percentage, but it's very extraordinary. But it's always usually 10 to 15%. To making the decision to trust Christ. And then, uh, of course, they, we have them another eight weeks to build them in their faith and strengthen them, and we end up by training them how to share their faith with other people and uh, sending them on out in the military. Then the United States Air Force sends them around the world. That literally. comes up to about 44%. I know. It's an amazing result today. But we, we have something we need your help with. I'm going to tell you about it when we come back. We have a project we've been uh, we've inaugurated to help uh, help these young men and women uh, commemorate and celebrate their time with us in the Bible studies as they go through basic training. I'll tell you about it when we come back right after these brief messages. Don't you dare go away. 
Well, Elizabeth and I went to Express Lube, and our experience was fabulous. We got in and out of there in literally 20 minutes. When we went to work and we had got our oil done before, it could take us two hours. The service was very friendly. You can really trust them. They were super courteous. They vacuumed out the entire front of the car, which was surprising. Very I didn't expect nice. they receive that kind of service. And their name is their game. Express Lube is accurate for the name of their store. And with 23 stores, there's an Express Lube near you. Nature's Factor carpet cleaning expert, Shayla James. What makes Nature's Factor better than the older carpet cleaning processes? Older systems saturate your carpet, leaving your space unusable, sometimes for up to a day because of their long dry times, plus leaving you with the risk of fungus and the dangerous chemicals left in your carpet. With Nature's Factor, our quick dry time makes your home or office space usable almost immediately, while our green solutions eliminate the possibility of fungus and are perfectly safe for your children and pets. Nature's Factor, carpet cleaning for the 21st century, 831-3535. I want you to meet my friends at the Laptop Specialist. Pioneers since 1982 in serving the military, business, and personal computing needs of our city. Our ministry depends a lot on our computers. And whether it's repairs, service, upgrades, or even the purchase of a new machine, the James family and their great staff keep our equipment working, freeing us to do what we're called to do. Go to thelaptopspecialist.net or call 344-4563. 344-4563 for their two locations. The Laptop Specialist. Dr. Stan Shelton with offices at Loop 410 and Broadway has taken care of the Dollar family that Suzanne and me plus our three children for the past 25 years. Suzanne, tell the folks about our dentist. Well, like you say, Dr. Shelton is a dentist for a lifetime. He's got the latest technology. He's busy, but I've never had to wait. And I never dread going to the dentist. In fact, he and his staff are so personable that I actually rather enjoy it. Go to drshelton.com or call 590-7878. The KSLR app for your mobile device. It's like having the entire radio station in the palm of your hand, wherever and whenever you want. Download it today at kslr.com. That's KSLR.com. This is The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. And we are back. This is The Bible Live Quiz Show, and you can join us uh, to answer any of these questions we put out on the airwaves tonight. Just dial 340-9585, and we'll pick up the phone. We'll chat and visit, and you'll get a chance to um, answer, and we'll talk a little bit about the Scriptures. Uh, Not only these questions, maybe as well you have a question yourself. From the book of Matthew, perhaps, as we read principally from that book this last week, the the Gospel of Matthew, maybe you have a question about this fellow named Jesus of Nazareth, uh, born 2,000 years ago that we observed and celebrated at least his birth on planet Earth uh, uh, just within the past few weeks. Maybe you'd like to ask a question about that or about the the concept of the Messiah, Redeemer, Savior, uh, any of those things that might about the Bible that might puzzle you that you might have been looking for an answer to, kind of think pondering it and rolling it around in your head. We do the same thing around here. That's what we're all about. So we'd glad we'd be glad to hear from you. 
Maybe you have a comment or a question yourself. So give us a call, 340-9585. That's the Bible Live Quiz Show line, 340-9585. And Jacob is here to answer questions. He he gives us that that really interesting perspective of the Scriptures, both Old and New Testaments of the Scriptures, that, that Hebrew, that Jewish perspective from the linguistic perspective uh, of the language, of the culture, the traditions, uh, religiously. It gives us that, that view, which is so very, very important because remember always, <laughs> for example, Jesus himself was a Jew. He was steeped. You don't say. Yeah, he was steeped in the scriptures. He So much of, of his teaching, uh, many of his pronouncements and sermons and messages came from the Hebrew scriptures. How about that saying we've been talking about, Jacob? Um, we talked a little. Bit, we talked a little bit about the um, the the this saying. What was that question? We have a question. What famous saying about a camel and a needle was inspired by a rich young man who refused to follow? Who refused to follow Jesus? Did you? Uh, does that come in any way from Hebrew scriptures out of the Old Testament? Uh, is there anything like yeah, that? Yeah, well, the answer is yes. And, but a little, of course, um, it's, remember, the the Hebrew noun is the verb. So it's an action thing. So should we go ahead and talk about it? Sure, why not? I, if you Can you do it without giving away the answer or not? Uh, I don't know that I can. Okay. Well, let's um, not talk about it. Okay. Uh, whatever you say. <laughs> <laughs> but just say one thing, right? Well, let's go ahead. I'll tell you, maybe Bernadette will give us a chance to talk about it. She's calling in, and she can join us. Let's go visit with Bernadette right now. Hi, Bernadette. Thank you for calling and being a part of the Bible Live Quiz Show. Hi, how are you? I'm glad. I'm doing great. We finally got into the new year. I've been a little sick coming into it, but I think I'm past everything, and I'm ready to roll for a great year, 2016. How about you and your family? Oh, I'm definitely ready for a good year this year. I'm glad to hear that. Now, um, are, are you wanting maybe to answer some of our questions, or do you have some comment or question of your own? I, I actually have a question about the half Torah reading this week. Oh, good. Could you explain okay, what that um, was? What, what, because yeah, you tell us. a lot of people in our audience that don't know what half Torah is. connected to the Torah reading. Can you tell me what a half Torah is again? Uh, half Torah is the reading from either the writings or from the prophets, and it's supposed to be thematically linked with whatever the Torah reading is that week. I see. Okay, and I do comprehend that. Uh, I hope the, I, I hope our other listeners do as well. Every is it every week or every day, Bernadette? The, there's actually a reading every day, but uh-huh. since I only go to synagogue on Saturday, that's the only one that I normally read. Um, although at the Torah study, we do a different reading. So there is this different reading every day, and and, and there from the Torah, the first five books of the Bible. Then, then there's this half, this half portion, or this other portion. No, no, no not half. It's not half Torah. Half Torah. Oh, I see. Half Torah is a Hebrew word that means conclusion. It, it, oh, half Torah. Okay, right. means conclusion. Interesting. You guys, I tell you this, I, I, it's so enriching. Now, and, and this is somehow thematically linked. It's supposed to be yes. with the Torah reading. That's just 
what I didn't see. The Torah reading this week was from Exodus chapter 1. Okay. The half Torah reading is from Isaiah 27. All right. I didn't see a link between the two, and I didn't understand the reading. Um, Can I read it to you? It's just two verses. I'd like that. Thank you. Okay. And it shall come to pass in that day that the Lord shall beat off from the channel of the river upon the stream of Egypt, and ye shall be gathered one by one, O ye children of Israel. And it shall come to pass to that day that the great trumpet shall be blown, and that shall come which was ready to perish in the land of Assyria. And the outcasts in the land of Egypt, and shall worship in the Lord in the holy mount at Jerusalem. I don't so that is the reading from Exodus or from Isaiah? That's from Isaiah. That's okay. the half Torah reading. That's the one I didn't understand. All right. Um, well, and then uh, tell me the exact passage of Isaiah, if you don't mind. Isaiah what? This is 27, verses 12 and 13. Ah. Well, Jacob, do you uh, are you familiar with that uh, this week as well? or? Well, uh, I familiar? I'm familiar. But uh, I can offer this suggestion. Uh, Bernadette, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Oh, thanks for asking. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, wait, that was verses from, from Isaiah 27. What verses was that? 12 and 13. That's okay. verses 12 and 13. I've got it. Okay, go ahead, Jacob. Yeah, okay, actually, 26 is the beginning, and 26 is actually a song. It's a chant that's to be chanted when the great shofar sounds. And she's reading 12 and 13 from uh, Isaiah. And if you look closely, back at verse 1 of 27, it introduces a theme. And it, this is really about Gog and Magog. And it's talking about, because remember Exodus that she quoted, that's the Torah portion. It lines up with some Haftor or a portion of the prophets. Uh-huh. And it says, 27.1 says, in that day. What day? When the Lord calls and when the judgment is passed. So when you get over to 12 and it says, In that day the Lord will start his threshing, dot, 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 and it says it will come about that the great trumpet or even shofar will sound. And uh, what this is, it is talking specifically about a particular king that conquered the northern tribes. And the northern tribes, this king, we uh, had this technique of removing the people he conquered to one land and taking the people of another country that he conquered into the other land. So he had switched them because the theory was they would not fight and rebel to defend land that was not theirs. So the, while that's the particular factual representation of this, what's happening is it is actually uh, a forecasting, a foreshadow, if you like that word, it of the great and final day because if you look at 13 27 13 it says it said in that day a great trumpet will be blown and what's that referring to if you look in exodus 19 you'll find that god's voice was heard and it's made the sound of a shofar so the shofar blowing is a sense of god's voice in other words the next time god speaks it will be the incoming. That's right, the gathering of Israel back, yes. And so the return. And this can be specifically to this particular king and this conqueror, or it can be the great day. And most ancient Jewish sages I've discovered um, 
Yeah, I refer to this as Gog and Magog. And do you know, Sophie, do you know the difference between Gog and Magog? Do I know the difference? Yes, huh? Um, Gog and Magog. Um, well, gosh, you know, those are very famous names. Yeah. Rolled around a lot, like the name you said before we'll talk about, but uh, in Getty. But uh, Gog and Magog, no, I don't know okay. the difference. Gog is the name of a guy. Magog is the name of the land he's from, but nobody really knew what it was from. I have something I'd love to share with you, but that's inappropriate at this time, I think. Uh But so Gog and Magog, and this is the idea, while it's specifically about a particular king that's conquering, when they get called back to Jerusalem, they will return and all worship in Israel in Jerusalem. That's one of the requirements that the Messiah must do first. And remember, we talked about in the beginning of Matthew last week about uh, Jesus and his family going down to Egypt and then coming back. back out of Egypt. That's the road they must be led back on by the Messiah. The writer of the book of Matthew is trying to tell you that this is the first act, and it has to be really the first act of the Messiah. And that's why it's at the beginning of Matthew, because it's telling the... Jewish reader or the knowledgeable person that's from uh-huh, uh-huh. that they'll come back on the same road they're led away on, and who leads them back will be the Messiah. And that's so, one of the principal perspectives, I understand at least, from long tradition among uh, Christian churches in, about the Gospel of Matthew, is that Matthew essentially is writing to a Jewish audience, so that would make sense that he is bringing up these points that a Jewish reader would really hook onto and understand because the perspective of Matthew is that he's presenting the the claims of Messiah to a Jewish audience. Is that is that same thing understood from a Hebrew perspective or uh, the the ancient Jewish sages I, do believe the Messiah will be? I'm sorry, I'm not really familiar with the New Testament. Yeah, that, well, that, that well, yeah, but actually, the old ancient Jewish sages understood that is a requirement the Messiah must do, and then of course in the New Testament they have it's written Jesus doing it. I see. I, okay. I yeah, that's what I was saying, Bernadette. I that's what. Jacob helps us do is bring that kind of the Hebrew language and cultural and traditional perspective of the scriptures. And particularly in the New Testament, it's valuable. All of these New Testament writers, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Paul, and all of them, they were they were Jews. And they wrote from that tradition, that background, that cultural understanding, that mentality. And we've often seen that we can't clearly understand even the message of the New Testament if we don't really get into the idea uh, uh, of the the Hebrew scriptures and what they were, what they uh, explained to us first, so I would I would just want to do, yeah. and I don't guess there is a Hebrew perspective necessarily of the New Testament yet, right? Until your book gets finished, is oh, that right? I wouldn't Take say it. there isn't a perspective of it. <laughs> no, I mean a scholarly sort of a. I, I we sure sure yeah the uh, one of the greatest scholars I ever knew Jewish. Uh-huh. Uh huh. He had the long beard, the whole bit. <laughs> and and he was a Where's real your scholar, beard, by the way. I, never mind. And he he actually did read and study the New Testament. And I've known other people have done that mm-hmm. for different reasons, different motivations. Uh-huh. Right. But um, look, if you look at twenty seven thirteen that Bernadette was pointing out, and it mentions Assyria. Yeah. And the version you got, Bernadette, does it say like a channel in Assyria? No, it says in 12, it says stream of Egypt. Okay. And then it mentions Assyria in verse 13. 
Gotcha, okay. Yeah, the now, channel of the river unto the stream of Egypt is 12. Okay, yeah, that's right. And so what we have is, you know what happened in Egypt? The little, little Jewish babies were drowned. And that, and of course, their sin was covered up. That's why they were drowned. So they killed these babies, but the water covered up the blood. That's one reason that one of the very first plagues that Moses does is expose their sin by the water turning to blood, because now it's no longer hidden. Everybody sees the horrible thing they did by killing babies. And the judgment on Egypt, yes. Uh And this is, so they're talking about Assyria. Assyria had also dispersed Egypt, or Israel, just like it happened down in Egypt. And Egypt was the main character and a channel or a stream coming out of Egypt is sort of like, if I use the term, you'd understand. It's a chip off the old block. You got that? So Assyria is like a chip off the old block of Egypt, you might say. Would this have been uh, fulfilled, this particular uh, pr- prophecy or prediction, in the time of, like, Babylonia? or pr- I don't think the people who were taken into exile from Assyria... They would never return. Those right? were the ten tribes. The ten tribes that were they were ne- they have not yet or is, uh-huh. uh, returned. Is that is this a prediction then waiting for fulfillment or that they will all come back? I yes. See. Now and the Messiah will be able to tell who is of what tribe and bring them back. That's part of the idea. Wow. And if you look in thirteen, it actually goes on that uh, Bernadette pointed out. And it says, they will worship the Lord in the holy mountain. Now, one of the terrible sins, you might say, of the ten northern tribes is that they were no longer going down to the holy mountain in Jerusalem, but set up their own places of worship. And that was really because they were being led by a guy, a particular guy, from the tribe of Ephraim. You see? And in the very beginning of chapter 28, it says, look at the first verse in 28, it says, Woe to the proud crown and the drunkards of Ephraim. When you're talking about the Ephraim, in a sense, you're talking about the ten tribes. Now, I'm going to lace this up. For well, mine you. talks about the proud city of Samaria. Was uh, that located in Ephraim? Yes, and that's one of the people that they switched the people with in Israel. Took them I out, see. put Samarit- Samarians there, or Samaritans, took the Ten tribes, put them over there. Right. Now, here is the story. I'm going to give you just a really interesting glimpse. As I understand it, when the ten tribes return, they will be known because their sins have been forgiven and returned to the land of Israel. They will be known colloquially, euphemistically, if you will, as the ten virgins. Do you recognize Jesus talking about ten virgins? The parable anywhere? of the ten virgins, yes. Aha! He's not talking about all these different people. He's saying, I'm leading these ten virgins back. Those are the ten tribes. That's what he's trying to portray, that their sins are forgiven. And you'll find the reference to virgins in, actually, believe it or not, I, in, further in Isaiah. And it refers when the ten virgins returned. Do you recognize that, Bernadette, that I, the reference to ten virgins in the teaching? Jesus told a parable in the New Testament about no, ten I, virgins. No, I have no idea about that. I've never heard of that. Yeah, he, there were ten virgins that were waiting for the bridegroom to come for a wedding, and five of them, they, five of them ran out of oil in waiting, and they left to go get more oil and missed the coming of the bridegroom, which was, you know, we... we 
uh, you know, as Christians, we look at that and we go, well, somebody just waited too late to get their heart right with God. And maybe that's part of what it has to say. But we've never put it together with a reference to the idea of the idea of these ten virgins. I didn't know that that had a, a roots in the Old Testament uh, passages. So, In the New Testament, is that in the Gospel of Matthew? I can't uh, recall. I don't. I don't, I don't think it is. I think it's in Luke. But as uh, obviously Bernadette is a Jewish lady, uh-huh. and as you know, the Jews really don't concentrate on the that's true. New Testament. So when she says she's not familiar with that, that's why. I'll try to find that story, though, just so she can cross-reference. It's kind of an interesting thing to see. Um, uh, yeah, just to see, I mean, Jesus being a Jew. I, I, a lot of times we as Gentile believers, we don't really catch that link between in his thinking and his teaching and preaching between that and and you know Jesus was a man just steeped in in the Old Testament he knew the Old Testament scriptures well and taught them and so so I, I'll try to find that Bernadette well, I, and, and I will tell you it. you can find it actually it's in Isaiah and the ten virgins uh-huh. are actually where the understanding is when the ten tribes return basically led by the Messiah. That's why it's in the beginning of Matthew. They return. Their sins are forgiven, so they're just like a virgin, you see. I see. So, but, and, as, and so when you've got the, as it says in 12, that uh, Bernadette pointed out, it talks about the stream or the channel of Assyria. Well, the first granddaddy of them all that did all this was Egypt, and they killed babies, and they did things to Israel. Well, the people that followed that are like, euphemistically speaking, a... A channel, a stream, a, a branch. Uh-huh. A chip off the old block, you might say. I see. Well, does that help a little bit? We've, we've discussed it pretty much at length there. Uh, oh, Bernadette. definitely, yes. Kind of... I have a much better understanding of it now. Well, excellent. Well, I appreciate so much you're calling in. And I, I have to ask, I hope you don't mind, and I'm sure people, you know, as Americans, uh, traditionally, uh, we love accents most of the time, I think. Particularly, uh, one as interesting as yours, I'm not sure if it's, is it like um, British, Canadian, Australian? <laughs> I'm from Bedford, Bedfordshire, England. All right. We're so glad to hear your voice tonight, and thanks for calling in. I think we've talked before, if I remember correctly. Yes. But yes. I really we, do appreciate you. We do your... everywhere. Thank you so much, Bernadette, for calling tonight. Yeah, thank you thank very you. much, Bernadette. Bye-bye. You bet. Bye-bye. Well, um, you can do the same thing Bernadette did. Just give us a call, 340-9585. The, the, uh, the Torah and the Hoff Torah. Aha. I have to remember that half doesn't mean half. No, it means it, it can be confusing to the ear. Yeah, of course. So let it me is. unconfuse you. Especially your ear. if a British person says it. You know, I used to laugh as I watched the calf yeah, well, go down the path until uh, I became British and I laughed okay. to see the cough go down the path. Okay. Yes, yes, I so. like it. I like it. I'm not <laughs> sure what it is, but I like it. Um, but no, uh, obviously, she knows exactly what she's talking about because. In uh, the system of worship, you read a portion of the Torah, and actually the Jews are kind of well organized. Every Jew in the world... Well, you've had thousands of years to get over Yeah, that's right. We all got the memo, yeah. And uh, so every Jew will read the same portion of the Torah wherever they're at in the whole world. So they're on the same page, you might say. And then they read the portion of the prophets. So I know if I go into Australia or Japan, there's a Jew there. I know he just read what I just read last week. So, 
And then we has re- that ever proven useful to you? Like if you're on an airplane and you talk to somebody, did you go, hey, how about that passage this week? You know, and they say, yeah, yeah. Is, I, I wonder if that ever works out for you. You know, actually, I, that has come up on occasion. Mm-hmm. I was on a plane one time flying somewhere, and there was a lady sitting on there, and I noticed she had a star necklace, uh-huh. and uh, there was a three-seat deal. And the person sitting with us was like an Episcopalian priest or whatever they are. Uh-huh. And, uh, and so we started talking about that, and she said, well, in this week's portion, there you go. And so, yeah, that happened. And so, but to answer your question, Haftor means conclusion in Hebrew. So you read the portion of the Torah, and Bernadette's one hundred percent correct. It you read the like the thematically linked example in the, the say the prophets. So if I say to you the Congress passes a law, we have a law. After it goes to trial and you see how it's applied, it becomes a case example of a law. So if you read the Torah, you've got basically the law, and then you read an example thematically related so you can see how that happened when people either followed the Torah or they did not. So in this particular case, the the law would have been from... Mm-hmm. pronounced and clarified there in Exodus, the first chapter or two of Exodus. Okay, let's explore that for just a second, for everybody's benefit. And then the application would yeah. have been from yeah. Isaiah 27. Yeah, there you go. And what is happening in the beginning of Exodus is what? The redemption, the rescue of Israel. Right. So you can see how that's thematically related to this particular portion of the prophet Isaiah. Another rescue. I'd, and I'd, I'll give you a, a physical example, for, and not from the Matthew, but as a good example, in the book of Luke, Jesus goes to a synagogue. He opens it up, and they begin like this. They say, he opened up the book. You know, it's a scroll. But he, and he, he found the place it says. Uh-huh. But he begins reading the Haftor, the uh, prophet Isaiah. Isaiah 61? Uh, it is, yes. Yeah. Excellent. So, but, and so when I read that, the first time I ever read that, I said, you know, something's not right here. Either the writer chose not to record the whole thing. Or whatever it is. What happened is the Romans had made it a death penalty to have the Torah, but they allowed them to read the prophets. Now, since, now follow me on this. So when he opens it up, he starts reading something from Isaiah 61, right? This was in his hometown in Nazareth, right? Uh But you remember the story, Uh right? You know what I'm talking about. Yes, I do. Okay, now, if you knew thematically... If you were a Jew and were taught that, that he's reading this prophet that's illegally allowed to be read by the Romans, <laughs> then you would know what portion of the then Torah. Then you'd know what was the other exactly, portion exactly. in the Torah and that the only he was people that wouldn't know to. what's going on right in front of their eyes was the Romans. Hiding See, in plain sight. It was a death yeah. penalty for the Jews under the Romans, not initially, but as things developed, to have the Torah, to circumcise their children or have a Jewish calendar. But you could read the prophets. And if you knew what prophet portion aligned up with what portion of the Torah, you would know what he's talking about. And it would be taking place right in front of the Romans, and they'd have no idea what's being said. Uh, Do we know what that... The other portion, the Torah portion, yes, links to... Yes, but you'll to... not be comfortable with it. Okay, thank, thank you. I don't want to be made uncomfortable. That's, uh, that's You know that's really a high priority. <laughs> <laughs> well, it mine. has to do with... Uh, remember, he says, I bring good news to the prisoner, release to the captive. Remember that? That's uh-huh. what he's reading. That's not bad for a guy remembering it, is it? Huh? Uh, no, so, not bad. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but... Yeah. So... 
What's he talking about? I tried about? to. It's a portion of the Torah that actually would tell people how to conduct war against your captors. Whoa. No wonder he didn't mention it. <laughs> well, yeah. Think about it. See, and he, had he actually read it, the Romans, who knows, they might have got everybody in the place killed. Uh-huh. So he couldn't. So he has to read the, the half Torah or the portion okay. of the prophets. And it, line, it does line up with how to conduct war against your enemies. And that's probably a portion from, uh, that's probably from the Gospel of Luke, that particular story. The story is, uh, okay. and the portion I'm referring to is actually out of Deuteronomy. When a Jewish village rejected the message about the kingdom of heaven, what did Jesus tell his disciples to do as they left that village? The answer to that is he told them to shake the dust off of their feet which I'm, I'm guessing Jacob has a comment about. Well, actually, you, last time we did that question, uh, you actually you called it right on the money, Soapy. Oh, Do man. you remember your answer from oh, six I wish I ago? did. I love to remember when I'm right. It's so rare, though. <laughs> it's, no, uh, well, no, it's so often it's hard to remember what did What did Jesus tell the disciples to do as they left the village? Uh-huh. Um, no, I can't remember. Okay, uh, the dust. Remember, Moses, everything in Egypt was a god. God was a dust. He oh, yeah, Moses there was, was a dust in the yeah, you're mats it. or Remember something Remember your answer like now? Uh, Why would he, is he saying, when you leave, make sure you wash your feet? Or is he saying, hey, kick the dust of that town off, put them behind you? Or tell me. If you're referring to what you I clearly identified, and I think you're correct, before about the dust among certain religious people were considered to be a god. I see well, I was right and didn't know it. <laughs> yes, you've been right all the time. One of the good ways to be wrong. Made a, I thought I made a mistake, but I, I, I didn't. Well, there you go, folks. We've already used up an hour of our 90 minutes. We have one segment left. You can join us, 340-9585, just like Bernadette did, uh, with comments or questions or to answer questions that we put out for you here on the Bible Live Quiz Show. Don't go away. Hey, I'm Chris Brown, host of Chris Brown's True Stewardship, brought to you by Ramsey Solutions. What if your finances could be worry-free? I believe this can be your reality, and it's all about one thing, stewardship. Weekday afternoons at 2 on AM 630 KSLR. The following conversation is real, and the kid actors are real kids. Well, kids, I'm in charge of dinner tonight, so you know what that means. Cereal? No, think hot meal. Toast? No, we're going to KSLR.com. What? Altitude Trampoline Park in San Antonio presents the Kids Eat Free page at KSLR.com. A great list of restaurants where kids can eat free. Moms like it, too. The Kids Eat Free page at KSLR.com. Sponsored by Altitude Trampoline Park. KSLR believes in family values, so we created the Family Values page at KSLR.com, where you can save hundreds, even thousands of dollars, including a $1,500 seven-piece wall unit from Desks Galore. It includes three open hutches, a writing desk, a desk base, a computer base, and a lateral file. Your Family Values price, only $800. See this and other deals now on the Family Values page at KSLR.com. This week on Pathway to Victory, Dr. Robert Jeffress talks about how to discern God's calling for our lives. If there is a genuine need you see in the world that needs to be met, and if there is an opportunity for you to fix or to meet that need, guess what? You're called. You don't have to wait around waiting for the call. 
Don't miss the start of a new study on Nehemiah called Living Your Dreams from Dr. Robert Jeffress on Pathway to Victory. Pathway to Victory every weekday morning at 1030 here on AM 630 KSLR. Get to know more about churches and pastors in the San Antonio area just by clicking on the Church of the Week link at kslr.com. Hear the daily devotional and archive Church of the Week programs at kslr.com. Have you ever thought, I wonder if I should finally try eHarmony? Well, now is the perfect time. This is eHarmony founder Dr. Neil Clark Warren. Right now, our free communication weekend is on. This Wednesday through Tuesday only. Free communication weekend means you get unprecedented access to eHarmony. So don't wait. Visit eHarmony and connect for free this Wednesday through Tuesday only. The following is a real-life story from Trinity Debt Management. When our daughter Emma was born, we took a look at our credit card debt. It was not a good situation. Finally, my wife Vicki said, call Trinity. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-758-5360. We called them. They contacted all of our creditors. They stopped the collections calls. They got the interest reduced, and they put us on a plan for success. If your debt has you down, call Trinity at 1-800-758-5360. AM. 630 KSLR, KSLR.com, and on ChristianRadio.com. Tune in in the iHeartRadio app, your station for Focus on the Family with Jim Daly. Weekday mornings at 730 AM 630 KSLR, San Antonio, a service of Salem Media Group. This is the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. And we are back. Thank you, as always, for joining us for the Bible Live quiz show. Jacob is here in the studio with me. Let's answer a few questions, Jacob. Just so that we keep our good buddy Murph, I, we have a listener that used to complain all the time. you got to tell us the answers because we're out there, and if I don't know the answers, I'd like to get them. Uh, when a Jewish village rejected the message about the kingdom of heaven, the disciples were instructed by Jesus to shake the dust off their feet as they left that village, uh, showing, I suppose, a separation from those uh, who don't worship the true and living God or yeah. who reject the message uh, of the kingdom of heaven. Uh, let's see what else we have here. Let's go to the Psalms. It says David wrote Psalm 142 when he was hiding in caves and fleeing from whom? And that would have been the uh, first king of Israel, Saul. He was fleeing. Uh, Saul was uh, ca- uh, trying to capture him and kill him, actually, to make. I suppose the motivation was there was that Saul had his own son. Jonathan, whom he wanted to be the next king, and I, I assume this was a little bit political motivated, politically motivated, right, Jacob? That that he, that was one of the reasons he pursued David so aggressively and violently. Uh, you brought up something very interesting. Uh, David wrote uh, that psalm while he was hiding in caves. A period of his life, he was he was fleeing from. I think it was a three to five year period, a pretty long, extensive period, when Saul was pursuing him, trying to capture him. 
and to remove him as a threat to uh, his own successor, Jonathan. But um, in one, one of the areas he hid in was in the caves of Abdullam and also a, place, a section or an area of the, of the desert area called En Gedi. Uh-huh. And you were mentioning to me that En Gedi... Yeah. Yeah, change the... G, make, make it to an I sound and then change it to a J sound and you have something. You have En Jedi, or which would be En Jedi. Exactly. The, and so that you that is really the the uh, source of the idea of the, the Jedi and the Star Wars? Uh, exactly. And that's oh, right. It comes to... They're the warriors. And you remember, of course, Jesus is always talking about in the light... And then Star Wars, you see, you know, come to the, the light. Saber, yeah. I am your father. You know? yeah. and, uh, so we come to the light. And they were very well-renowned warriors in that section. Also, in the, since you brought up Star Wars, everybody knows the little funny guy with the big ears called Yoda. Yoda, Yoda yeah. Yoda is a Hebrew word that means knowing. So he's the knowing. Then, see, that's why he's always full he of He is quite annoying, yeah. I would well, say. Well, that's that. cute. I like that. But, you know, he says, so, like, happy I am. And actually, if you read Hebrew, word for word translated in a tra- transliteration, what it's it perfect. Like, it uh, would read like that. It would read kind of backwards in English. Like, yeah. happy I be. Are you yeah. happy yeah. to me? Yeah, that kind of <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, yeah, he's a funny guy, really, Yoda. Uh, I thought maybe he was a Jewish uh, comedian or something. In Psalm 144, verse 4, David reminds us that life is short by comparing our lifespan to a breath of air or passing shadow. Psalm 144, verse 4. Maybe that's a reminder we need to hear here at the first and the beginning of a brand new year. We realize that life is short. This is... We only have a certain amount of time here on this planet Earth. And if you have a project in mind, if you have something that you feel like you should be doing and God is calling you to do it or you, you have a passion for, uh, we should use our time wisely and, and move out. Maybe this would be the year you take a, uh, a step, maybe even a small step, but some step toward that goal, toward that uh that some step of faith toward that goal objective and let God uh, see what God will do to make it come to pass. All right. That's Psalm 144 verse four. Let's jump down to the Matthew chapter 15. This is that question, Jacob, that you wanted to um, put in here because uh, it's from Matthew chapter 15 verses 21 through 22. Uh And it's that famous instant. And we say famous because I think a lot of people remember it. It it, kind of, it gets marked in our mind because Jesus is traveling up into the north, north, the northwestern part, over toward uh, uh, Sidon, uh, up into that area where, uh, where uh, Tyre, uh-huh. yeah, Tyre and Sidon, up where uh, the queen of, uh, you know, uh, Ahab and Jezebel was from there. Jezebel was a queen up in that area, uh, and and these are they are idolaters and worshiping of different god. But uh, so he meets this woman from that region, a Gentile woman from the region of Tyre and Sidon, and uh, she actually is coming to him uh, with a request about her child. And Jesus seemingly, if we read it at least and just write the story directly as it comes, it looks like she says something and Jesus says, uh, well, Something about the dogs. Um, well, I happen to have it here. It's. Uh, oh, oh, you know what? We better tell Bernadette where that passage is from, oh. by the way. 
Uh, it's Luke. Did you say Matthew or Luke? Uh, I don't know. Let's oh, see. yeah, it is. It's in 25. There it is. Bernadette, the, 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 um, the, um, mm, uh, story we were looking for, the parable that Jesus told about the 10 virgins, the 10 bridesmaids. That's in Matthew. It is in Matthew. We did, uh, in fact, read it this past week. Matthew chapter 25, verses 1 through 13. That was right in front of my face. I should have seen that earlier when we were talking as well. But it's the parable of the ten virgins. And, of course, that's what Jacob is saying, it, that he believes that that has uh, roots in the uh, the Hebrew passage and the Hebrew understanding and that Jesus had that perspective, had that in mind when he was talking uh, about giving that particular parable. So you know where that is, Matthew 25, 1 through 13. Now we're talking about a different parable, uh, the one about the, uh, a different story. It's not a parable. The Samaritan woman, not a Samaritan, is she a Samaritan? Well, it says Syncophoenician. Okay. And that is actually the clue to the entire passage. Okay. And she says something to ask a request for him, a favor for her child, to deliver her child or something. Yeah. Well, it's here. You want to read two verses? Please. Uh, Let's see. Uh, A Syncophoenician, a Canaanite woman. Uh, from the area of uh, Syncophoenicia, came and said, Have mercy on me, Lord. Uh, ha- deliver my daughter. 23. And he did not answer for her, uh, for her word. His disciples came and employed him, saying, Send her away, because she is shouting at us. 24. She is bothering us with all her begging. Okay. Wow. That's a better idea. And so 24. But he said, that'd be Jesus, uh, uh, I was only sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, 25. Okay. But she came and began to bow down, saying, Lord, help me, 26. And he answered and said, It is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs, 27. But she said, Lord, but... Even the little dogs feed on the crumbs which fall off the master's table. Now, I'd like you to point out something. Wow, that's what a gracious thing. What a quick-witted thing to say, for one. Uh, It is, but let's look at what's really being said. Uh, In the next verse, he says in 28, Then Jesus said to her, O woman, your faith has healed you. Now, why would that response come to her say, Hey, we can eat crumbs off the master's table. And his answer is, oh, your faith has converted you? Okay, Syncophoenician Canaanite. Heard this girl, this daughter that's ill, is a temple prostitute. How do I know that? Because the Jews referred to temple prostitutes of other religions who used temple prostitutes uh, as dogs because they wouldn't mate with anything. And if you'd like to find it in the Torah itself, you'll find it in uh, Deuteronomy 23, verse 17 and 18. That's the it's, only reference where someone is referred to as a dog. It's a temple prostitute is a, is, is a dog. And so so you, your understanding here is that her child, uh, whether it's a male or a female, we're not quite sure. As, that's case. a good point, because actually they dress up little boys many times like uh, little girls and use them for temple prostitutes. That's a good point. And so she is asking for deliverance, uh, and he... And in that context, that's the only time. So it's not, Jesus isn't just 
calling her a dog. You know, uh, no, he's not. See, that's one of the things I think. For well, most of us, in our understanding, yeah. and when we read it, it looks to, like if you read Would it, on you the surface. Would you be kind enough to tell what Christians usually teach in their churches historically what that means? That I think it's that he's testing her faith and kind of calling her a dog to see how she'll respond, and she rep- responds so graciously without re- reacting and so on that it, it seems to be something that she passes some kind of a test. Well, let's take a look at the verse. I've heard it said many times that, well, Jesus was just being nice because the Jews referred to Gentiles as oh, dogs. Oh, yeah, and that all Jews referred uh, to them as Well, dogs, that's yeah. not true. And I'll say this. Now, listen closely. In 27, he says it's not nice. Uh, 26, uh-huh. to give the children's bread. The bread is the word of God, the Torah, uh-huh. to, other, to the dogs, temple prostitutes. And she said, but even the temple prostitutes, the little dogs, uh-huh. eat the crumbs off the master's table. Now look at his next response in 28. Oh, your faith has healed you? Now, if for him to say that, that verse in 27 means something different than what we're taking. What she did is, listen, let me pose this to you. Had he healed a temple prostitute from a, the Phoenician Canaanite religion, he, their religion would have been validated by Jesus. He couldn't heal her and make that validated just like any of his followers. He had to say to her, I can't do that. You're of a different religion, and you're using your child as a temple prostitute. I can't. Now, and then she says, but we eat the crumbs off the table. His answer is, your faith has healed you. Why would that be his answer? His answer is because that statement in 27 is we eat the crumbs off the table. That's her statement of giving up her old terrible religion and converting to be a believer in Jesus. Uh And then he says, and then it makes sense. Hey, your faith has healed you. So she gave up her old false religions where it turned children to temple prostitutes. And therefore, then now I can indeed... Exactly. Receive you, but I can. Yeah. I can. uh, I can uh, grant you your request. Look at the very last part. Your request is granted. And the daughter was healed at once. So he understood that statement in twenty-seven was her statement. If I may put it this way, conversion was a conversion statement. That makes his statement. Oh, your faith has healed you, and it ends by saying your daughter was healed at once. Wow. So, and if you go back to Deuteronomy twenty-three seventeen eighteen, you'll see it actually says a temple prostitute is a dog. He there it is. And know. he could not heal. You understand? He couldn't heal. A god or a temple Someone who is actively involved and still unrepentantly unrepentantly involved in in, in a perversion of Of that nature. How could they possibly do that? Then they'd say, our religion is as good as his followers' religion because he healed our prostitutes. But then comes her statement of of Uh, repentance. She can repent, she converts, and then she says, your faith is healed. Now, for the first time, it makes sense. That makes so much sense to me, to tell you the passage. More sense than I think the other... Our well, other understanding. Well, far uh, but be it there for me. people to consider. You can yeah. look at it. Yeah. But I will say this. So often when Jesus is speaking and teaching, more often than we, I think, that, than we uh, Gentiles get and gather, generally speaking, from our, our teachers, and, and I'm not faulting anyone on this. Maybe no, it, no. But um, except maybe the the Hebrew, the Jewish people, for not making it clearer. Ouch! Oh, 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 oh! <laughs> but we need this perspective. Well, it looks to me that that makes a lot of sense to me. Then so often Jesus is talking 
from that perspective. But you brought up something, if you don't mind. I I gave a, a little bit of a, a tease before our last break. I said that I was going to come back and talk to you about needing some help from you, our listeners. Um, and I never did come back and tell you that. And, and one of them has to do with this incredible number of of uh, conversions, this number of remarkable spiritual revival, quiet little spiritual revival taking place in our sleepy little Alamo City, our little town down here in South Texas, the gateway to the Air Force. But unbeknownst to, unbeknownst to most people around the world and so on, just there's a great work going on of, among American young people going into the United States Air Force, and and hundreds and hundreds and literally thousands are coming to the knowledge of, of a Messiah, coming to the knowledge of, of the true and living God, and and making that decision to convert, to give their hearts and lives to God and trust Him and uh, what He has done through the Messiah, through Jesus and coming into that relationship with God. Now, we are able not only to present them that message. Just this morning, in fact, a young man wrote on his slip of paper, I was in the training center there in Chattanooga, Tennessee, when the attack came. And we're talking about that, that terror attack uh, some time ago, uh, last year, I believe it was. Exactly. When there was a, an attack on a, a recruitment center there in Tennessee. He says, I was in the recruitment ten, uh, center that very day. And he said, uh, and he's now since gone ahead and, and, and enlisted, and he came now to be involved in the Air Force, and he's, he's a basic trainee. And he wrote on his slip this morning, I was there that morning and so on, and he told us a little, about, a little about it. And on the back side of his slip, he in, in, indicated that he had prayed and, and, and surrendered his life to Jesus Christ this morning. And he said, now I understand, I, I'm more assured of the reason why God brought me to be, why I came to BMT. Uh, he he gets this, the idea that God brought him here just to hear that message of redemption, to get it clear in his mind, and to begin his journey, his spiritual journey. Well, folks, thousands and thousands of these young men and women from across our country, and I'm not exaggerating at all, make that the same decision each and every year. A little over 100 every single weekend. Uh, make that decision to trust and follow Christ, while others who are already believers are, are coming in as well, being being built up and established in their faith, a foundation of discipleship being laid. But we'd like to do something for them, and we are giving to each of our graduating trainees. Um, every week we are uh, sending them out after their time with us in discipleship and evangelism training and so on. We're sending them out. And, the, of course, then the Air Force sends them around the world with that message on their lips, in their hearts, uh, the, the, the message of salvation, the gospel message. And uh, we like to send them out with a coin. Now, a lot of you think, a coin? What does that mean? Well, in the military um, community, in the military culture, uh, the coin, is particularly in the Air Force, means a lot. It's, it's, a, it's a sign of excellence. It's a sign when you finish a particular project or a particular assignment, if you've done well, and, and completed it well, uh, you're granted a coin. And, and it's a kind of a commemorative, celebratory coin of your time in that particular uh, era and that particular experience of your military life. And we'd like to give them a coin. Uh, and we've started doing that by faith. We've launched about uh, four or five months ago. And yet we they these coins are very nice. And, and uh, they, I could describe one to you. And, I, and you can go on the website and see it at thebiblelive.com or crewmilitary.org, and, uh, but we'd like to be able to give these to these deserving young men and women who go through 
our entire Journey for a Lifetime Bible Study series as they go through basic training. And we'd like to ask you if you would be willing to help grant these coins to them, these commemorative uh, and celebratory coins that give to them, recognizing their accomplishment in going through this time of discipleship. And, and you know, I I'm sometimes think that what we're doing with them it may be equally important to all that they're learning in their basic military training as well, this basic spiritual training taking place in their lives. So if you can send a gift and help us with that, we'd like to do that. These coins are $4.80 each, and we've launched by faith to do it. It is a, We graduate about 100, 50 to 100 of these young men and women every single weekend. So you can tell we're not talking about a small little thing, or we could do it. We we have volunteers and donors and supporters for all the other things that we do, for all the volu- for all the work we do. For the all, we finance all of this. The Air Force doesn't give us money or pay us uh, for this. This is a ministry uh, assignment and a ministry supported. So if you can help us and would like to, you can send a check to Airmen for Christ uh, or Texas Arms of Love, either one, Texas Arms of Love or Airmen for Christ, and you can send that to P.O. Box 18888 or P.O. Box 18888. It's four four eights after the one. And San Antonio, Texas, 78218, 78218. If you can help, uh, we would love to receive your gift. We can send you a tax uh, a tax receipt, a receipt for your tax purposes. It is a 501c3 tax uh, deductible contribution. And we'd be glad to do that. But if you can help us with that so that we can gift these young airmen and women with this commemorative coin of their time in the Journey for a Lifetime Bible Study Series during their basic military training, uh, we'd love to gift that to them. It's just a a coin that would be a a reminder to them as they walk through life that they are an airman or an air. Uh, they are an airman for Christ. They are they belong to Christ, and they're there because God's got them there for that particular purpose as well. So give us uh, send us that gift if you can. Three, uh, I'm going to give the phone number. P.O. Box eighteen eight eighty eight, P.O. Box one eighty eight eighty eight four eights, uh, San Antonio Texas seven eight two one eight. We sure appreciate your help. Uh, we want to keep doing this, but it's beginning. It's it's a big burden. We're not talking about a tiny little thing when you talk about so many uh, of the airmen uh, that we are dealing with each and every week and each and every year as we go through the year. Thank you for letting me do that. And the reason I do it is because Jesus is marking this this conversion of this woman, and we are doing that as well in so many of these young men and women's lives. We're marking this time of conversion and repentance and getting their life aligned with the will of God. And it really is a, a glorious and wonderful thing to help them commemorate that. Uh, so if you could help us, we'd appreciate it. Uh, Jacob, we were in the process of answering some of these questions. What famous saying about a camel and a needle was inspired by a rich young man who refused to follow Jesus? That's found in Matthew 19, verse 24. And the famous saying, John mentioned it to me before, he guessed it, uh, knew it, knew the answer. It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God or go to heaven, I guess it would be said. Um, that is the famous saying. Does that have its roots also in uh, in the Hebrew? Well, I'd like, to, uh, in response, I'd like to add, too, that uh, in it, Sophie, and we've talked about this before, and I said this before, 
you know, and I really, really mean this. Uh, a, a Christian should believe the Bible. They should read it all for themselves. They should listen to their pastors. And as long as their pastors not tell them to hurt somebody or say things that are not true, I guess, but they should listen to that and follow the teaching of their religion. And anything I say, it's just, you know, a, a Jewish application. And instead of using a name of a restaurant, I'll say a cafeteria. Yeah, okay. But so, you know, take what you want, apply it what you want, leave what you want. So to answer your question about the camel and the rich young ruler, we remember the entire passage. The entire uh-huh. passage, he, Jesus says, uh, what do you do? And he says, well, uh, I, I keep the commandments, and he, Jesus names five. But he does not name the other five. This is in Matthew chapter 19. Uh-huh. And that, because this camel thing is at the conclusion of this lesson. Uh, it's not, and I don't mean to in any way, by the way, when you are talking before about talking about the dog, I don't mean in any way to be so presumptuous to explain to a Baptist minister his, his Bible. So if I'm doing that, please, I don't mean that. All right. Well, we get it. Uh, and you're a good minister, by the way. You are so, but you're, and you're, Thank people you. may not know, but you're a good, you're a Baptist minister. Well, yeah, I am. <laughs> and, I, uh, I, I am, I am. tell everybody that. I mean, it's kind of, no. Uh, but and, and you've been road. with uh, you've been with Campus Crusades for yeah. years and years. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, to answer your question, yes. So the man he's leaving off five of the commandments. Mm-hmm. So and those five commandments has to do with service in the temple. Th- these people were conquered people. They didn't have money. The only people who were making any money while the Romans owned the land, they would require the Jews, fourteen Jews, to live on one acre. And so the only one that had money was the guys cooperating, and this guy was basically stealing from the temple. He's a thief. He's not just a rich young ruler. How did he get to be a ruler? Because he was doing uh, collaboration with the Romans. Okay. Now let me you quickly. You said he only mentioned Jesus in his in chapter nineteen. There only mentions five. Now he mentions the five last. Yes, he does. The, the last, the last five. That's good. Good point. Not yes. the first five. That is correct. And the first five basically have to do with God, with God, and, and the, the temple. Second, yes, uh, with the others. Okay. So he leaves those off. Well, and then he says, then, but the clue is in the penalty. Now, people don't know the Torah, and they don't know the penalty that's stated. They won't understand who this really rich young, young ruler is. Jesus says, "Go sell everything you got and give it to the poor." Uh-huh. Well, if you know the Torah, you know that the penalty for theft is you have to return. <laughs> and so that's yeah. why. And and so you're stealing from the temple. That's how you got rich. Nobody's rich in Israel. Oh, no. It's, oh, anyway, real quick. So the, so the noun is the verb. Uh, the Yitzhak took things and he claimed they were his. I see. You see, but a camel, a dumb camel, it carries things on its back, but the camel never says it belongs to him. <laughs> All right. Well, that's a quick view of that particular passage in Matthew 19. What were the only scriptures the Sadducees respected? Well, that was the Pentateuch, and the writings the Pharisees accepted on that same level were the Talmud, the laws and tradition of men. That's all the time we have for the Bible Live Quiz Show. Hope you'll join us again next week. See you then. Mailing address is P.O. Box 18888. That's Box 18888. San Antonio, Texas, 78218. Hear the entire Bible every year on the Bible Live, weeknights at 930 on this great station. 
Then join Soapy every Sunday evening at 9 o'clock for fun, inspiration, and valuable prizes on the Bible Live Quiz Show. Visit our website, BibleLive.com. That's BibleLive.com for more information about Soapy and the Bible Live broadcast. Also, order materials at the website and make tax-deductible donations to help crew military minister to our military personnel and broadcast the entire Bible every year to America and the world. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flint. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.